It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rachel Abbott and this is The Leader. Today we're giving you some bonus content taken from our business show, How to Be a CEO. An opportunity to hear from the most powerful people behind some of the world's biggest brands. This is a cut down version of the full episode. To hear the full thing, hit the link in the show notes. Find a new episode of How to Be a CEO every Monday morning. And why not give it a rate and follow whilst you're there? Now, let's begin. Some roles come with certain ways and traditions that may stretch back even centuries. So what happens if you get one and then realise it doesn't have to be like this? I think in general practice, human contact is definitely important, but not always. So I think that's, you know, and I'm definitely not advocating that everything should be online. There's always a place for face-to-face or phone. But I think, you know, actually sometimes for some conditions, you don't need to come in. This is an invitation to meet Dr. Murray Ellender, CEO of eConsult, an online consultation service used by more than 3,200 GP practices in the UK. So eConsult is a platform that allows patients to interact online with their own GP. So they go in either through the NHS app or through their GP practice website and answer a series of questions about their condition. And so say they have back pain, the system will ask them all the same questions that they would answer if they were sat in front of a doctor. That information then gets collated and pushed through to their doctor and they review it within 24 hours. So we say to the patient, you will get a response back by the end of the next working day. So this is a story about disrupting the status quo and how to convince people that just because it's always been done one way, it doesn't mean there isn't another. I'm David Marlson from the Evening Standard. We're meeting Murray at the Docklands Medical Centre on the Isle of Dogs in London. It's a special place for him. This is where he started his career as a GP. It was um, incredibly exciting um, to, you know, walk into a, a GP setting and know that actually this was this was the future. I'd be working in general practice for the rest of my life in, in one way or another. Um, so, yeah, it was incredibly exciting. Slightly intimidating, I'd say, as well. So what happened first? How did eConsult transform? The first step was not thinking we need to set up a company. The the first thing actually was thinking, look, actually, we've got a great opportunity here. We've got a a, almost like a a laboratory to test new ways of working in. We had a GP practice. We had willing doctors, nurses, receptionists and patients who didn't mind 
trying new things. I mean, no patient minds trying a new, a new way of interacting. So actually, we tried various things. We tried, we set up a, a kind of live chat service with a GP, but actually that's a bit unmanageable. You've got to Is have that like a, a text thing? A text-based live yeah. chats. And we, we tested that out. The problem with that is actually it's almost open. It's like one of those things where you kind of go online and you, you can talk to an advisor. Yeah. The problem with that is it's almost too easy a way to access. You know, you've got to have a GP basically manning it the whole time. Mm. And when you're dealing with 15,000 patients, really tricky. That's a lot of patients. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we, we, did, we then tried, we tried video um, and video consults, but actually found that video doesn't really save any time. Still need 10 minutes of a doctor, 10 minutes of a patient at the same time. Yeah. And also the broadband in, in this building, in most practices, is not very good. <laughs> so you get a couple of doctors on a call and it all grinds to a halt. And, yes. you know, and that's, just, that's annoying for all concerned. So um, that's when we kind of came up with this, this idea of look, let's gather the story from the patient up front. Like find out what's wrong with them and then put that in front of the doctor. And I guess the first step was then to go, right, well, first we have to have enough different clinical presentation. So you can't just go on and say, hey, look, yeah, we've got this e-consult thing. It works for back pain, but nothing else. Mm. You know, you have to have a kind of a body of consultation. So, you know, we had to put all the kind of common conditions online. Patients were worried about they have a UTI or they might be depressed or they have back pain or they need, a, you know, so we, that was the big bit of work at the beginning. Yeah. It was really designing, authoring all that clinical content. How big a bit of work is that? I mean, what do you have well, to do with that? How many people does that involve? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that was the big bit at the beginning. You know, we, we literally locked six doctors in a room for six weeks. That doesn't sound healthy, Lawrence. No, it's not. <laughs> it was a windowless room as well. And it was, and Were you one of those six? Uh, uh, no, I wasn't actually. I was lucky. I was one of the lucky ones. <laughs> I said, this sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, go and do that. Um, and it, but the idea there was to come up with almost the perfect consultation for each of those conditions. Yeah. So if you had a patient come in who said, I've got abdominal pain or I think I've got hay fever, <laughs> what are all the things that we would ask them? And then actually getting that group of GPs to agree on a set of questions that you would ask. You know, and that actually took some debating, but you then ended up with some really rich content that we then basically put on a website and pointed patients at. How do you get six GPs to agree on what to say to someone? Is that what took a while? Agreeing the histories was was actually all right. It was agreeing then the, the kind of the safety flagging within them. So at what point would actually, this sounds a bit more serious, I'd probably invite them in. You know, mm -hmm. those triggers, those are the things that kind of get debated and, and, and argued about. Um, but that's healthy because you then end up with a set of content that actually most GPs will then accept. And that's what we found over time. And actually, you can put this content in front of lots of GPs and actually they go, yeah, that's a pretty good history for back pain or for depression or for hay fever. And actually what we found is you're taking a pretty thorough story from the patient, probably more thorough than the one that I'd have time to take in that 10 minute window. Because actually we have the opportunity because it's done in the patient's time to ask them lots of questions possibly a bit more and go into a bit more of the safety. And you can also ask them things like their smoking status and their alcohol, you know, pick up useful public health type information at the same time. Do you find that patients are more honest? That's one of the really interesting phenomena that we've come across is that actually for some conditions and some patients, they, they find it easier to impart information in this way. Yeah. So uh, we call it digital disinhibition. So if you think pa conditions that patients might perceive as embarrassing, like hemorrhoids or actually, or if they are anxious or depressed, actually for a 22-year-old male who's feeling anxious, it's quite a hurdle to get into a physical GP consulting room and speak mm -hmm. to me. Whereas actually they don't mind doing interacting like that online and, and answering a series of questions. And actually we're uncovering, I think, you know, health presentations that we weren't picking up before. So it's actually good. I think it's a good thing.
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. How did you sell it? Because people need to know that it exists. So how did you do that? Was there a series of networking through friends of yours? Or did you just all sit down and go, well, we've got this. We think it could do well. Here's how we push it out. I mean, initially we were selling it almost door to door to GPs, you know, and actually, and it's, what's nice about it is it's relatively inexpensive technology, you know, um, because it's, it's text-based, it's on, runs on a website. So, you know, you need all the platform in- infrastructure and, and everything, but it's not ridiculous. It doesn't involve AI and robots. And actually we found that you could sell it to GP practices. You could convince them of the return on investment that you got. And actually it made sense. You know, and we presented at national conferences and GPs had come up to us afterwards and go, this is really cool. Are you selling it? I think in, a, in about 2016, um, the NHS clocked on that something was going on and they said, look, this sounds like a good idea. They then put some money behind, not behind us, but behind the idea. So they then backed online consultation as an idea. Which must have been the official seal of approval. Absolutely. I think that was the time when, you know, suddenly actually, you know, this is all very well, you know, and actually, you know, GPs telling other GPs is a good idea. But when, kind of when the NHS swings behind something, yeah. it did two things, though. It it clearly helped us to scale, but it also introduced competition. That's something I want to talk about. How do you set a price point for something that doesn't exist yet and you've no idea who will take it? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And I think we, we certainly set a, we set a price point, which was, you know, we thought pretty reasonable. It was a little bit finger in the air, but it was based on what could a GP surgery afford to pay yeah. based on what we know they get per patient per year. And so, and we were selling at about 75p per patient per year. So if you think of an average practice, 10,000 patients, it would cost them about £7,000 for the year. So, you know, not bad. And actually, you could you could prove a return on investment yeah. for that. So it's kind of okay. Um, NHS England put some funding behind it. And actually, they put they put a decent amount of funding behind it. So £45 million over three years. Wow. Which kind of think, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you do the maths, though, divide that by the number of patients in England over three years, it's... 25p per patient per year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, NHS knows what it's doing. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Very clever. So effectively, they then set the price. And competitors who are trying to get in were like, well, we can do it for that. Which is, it's, you know, and that's good for the public purse in some ways. Okay, so um, I think the thing that that does, though, is it does slightly limit innovation. I think if if you're very public sector about pricing something... Yeah. What you can run the risk of then is saying, okay, well, great, we've got the price really low, but actually does that then stimulate the product or the investment in it and make things, you know, so I think that's a, it's an interesting and fine balance. Lots of companies have a moment when they become successful. Your moment must have been in the COVID-19 pandemic when patients couldn't see their GPs. I, I think that's, I think that's probably fair. That was the, the time that um, you know, we'd been pushing this for a while and we had lots of practices using the platform, you know, 1500, but actually overnight, suddenly there was a need, it, there was a need for this sort of service. And I think there is 
a genuinely serious point to e-consulting that GPs and doctors were at the very start of this. They were very much at the front line. People died. They caught the disease. They had patients in there. Does this system make it safer to be a GP? Potentially, it does. So certainly, and we noticed that certainly in the kind of early phases of of COVID when, you know, lots of GPs were working remotely, especially kind of more vulnerable GPs. So perhaps more elderly GPs or pregnant GPs, we could still put them to work. You know, they could work safely from home, managing patients via an e-consult. And, you know, that's that's a good thing. You know, actually, you're not losing your workforce because they're having to self-isolate. Say you're actually allowing them to keep working, which they often want to do, um, but do it safely. You know, you're never going to completely minimize the risk. You are always going to have to see a certain number of patients face to face. And as you know, GPs carried on seeing patients face to face throughout the pandemic. But certainly we didn't have to see everyone face to face. And so that definitely was you know, safer for sure. That was an invitation to meet Dr. Murray Ellender of eConsult. If you like that, maybe tell your friends about it. And please do drop in again. We're around every Monday morning. Hit your follow button and we'll see you then or whenever you like, because it's always a pleasure to meet you. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.